One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sheila Shoige and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This episode explores the third trimester of pregnancy. A lot about birth prep and all about birthing your baby is about unlearning. It's yes. about, you know, you've been fed all of these negative stories. So actually, I'm just going to come back to a space of my body knows what to do. Pregnancy and birth educator Kitty Hackle, who goes by the Instagram handle Birth Baby Beyond, offers practical, empowering advice on the third trimester in this episode, including preparing yourself as best you can for childbirth. And I started the chat by asking her to tell us a little bit about herself. So um, I am a registered general nurse, I'm a birth and postpartum doula, I'm also a lactation consultant, hypnobirthing educator and um, antenatal instructor. So a bit of everything, a bit of everything and I'm currently smack bang in the middle of it all. Hmm. So I have just given birth to my second little boy, so I've got... um, Atticus, who's two and a half. I've got Archer, who is, oh my gosh, just gone nine weeks. Mm. And I'm bonus mama to Jess as well. So we've got a nice little mixture of a family. So, I mean, you have the professional experience and then you have the real life experience, which is fantastic um, because we want these episodes to be as practical and as reassuring for the listener as possible. I'm kind of imagining these as what I would have loved to have heard when I was pregnant for the first time. So um, let's start by talking about all the symptoms, I suppose, that you can experience in the third trimester. We left the last uh, episode at the end of the second trimester. So as bump grows, sometimes the symptoms can increase or you can have new ones presenting themselves. Sure. I think 
that sort of final leg of pregnancy is both so exciting because it all gets a little bit more real, doesn't it? It's like, oh yeah, those things that were once far off are like, oh right, like, so this is, I'm going to have to push this baby out now. This is all getting a little bit real. Yeah. But also, you know, the energy that maybe you had in the second trimester is maybe waning a little bit. Although, you know, I think sometimes you get those little bursts of energy to go and paint the entire outside of your house as I did, which was really ridiculous. Um, oh and, yeah, good know, old nesting. Oh my gosh, ridiculous. And you get these silly ideas and then the next minute you're floored. Um, mm. And as well as that, just the weight of the gravid uterus, the weight of those hormones that are surging through your body, preparing you and doing all of these really magical things, that sort of cocktail of hormones. And you're just trying to get on with things. You're trying to get on with everyday life and trying to squeeze in the preparation for birth, both mentally, physically, emotionally, and just wrapping your head around the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it depends as well, body to body. I think some people really love that, you know, the excitement, that final burst and feel really good. And then other women are going, oh my gosh, this baby could not come sooner. I've got hemorrhoids. I've got swollen feet. I'm, you know, sweating from parts of my body I didn't realize could sweat. And, you know, I'm one minute I'm in love with the world and the next minute I'm screaming from the rooftops. So it's, I suppose, just a little bit about just think sitting back if you can and going yeah. this is all part of the process yeah and doing the things that can I suppose move you away from those feelings of uncertainty and maybe fear and more towards a feeling of confidence around meeting your baby I'm really glad you said that because um I I suppose I'm I'm in it right now because yeah, I'm, I'm 30 so in it. yeah and I really feel like we we forget a lot of our experiences. Maybe mm -hmm. we're biologically designed to do that. I'm not sure. But I was very fortunate that I kept a very comprehensive pregnancy diary first time around. So I've been reading back over that and reminding myself of all of the. This is where I was at this yeah, time last pregnancy. Exactly yeah. how I was feeling. What comes next? Yeah, yeah. What comes next? <laughs> totally. Um, and I, you know, I was writing down not just, you know, the moments when I felt great and things were good, but also those fears, anxieties, mm -hmm. those uncomfortable kind of physical niggles, mental ones as well. And it was important to be reminded because right now I have had a, a number of nights where uncharacteristically I have been going to bed overthinking, feeling mm -hmm. a bit, bit anxious, yeah. kind of going, why, why I've done this before. Yeah. Why am I feeling this way? I think the thing is, is every pregnancy is so different. Yeah. So just because you've done it once before and, you know, you may have had either a lovely positive experience or indeed the complete contrasting, you know, quite a traumatic, maybe a negative experience. Sure. It doesn't by any means have any reflection on how this experience is going to be. But we are also designed to hone in in that last trimester and really focus on, you know, okay, how are things going to change? And I know certainly for me, you know, meeting my, my second little boy, I was really very worried about how our family dynamic was going to change and the feelings of, oh my gosh, am I just going to wreck this little kid's life? You know, I'm his person. I'm here all day, every day. And oh, my heart was just breaking into worrying about this never mind the birth so there's just so many different aspects to it it's not just you know doing your pelvic floor exercises and you know sitting out in your birthing bowl yes they're important but it has to be as this sort of three-tiered approach and yeah yeah allowing those feelings and making sure you're supported in them too and it's so different for every i mean we keep saying it and it's not just something that's come up um through these episodes but 
throughout many different conversations on this podcast, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So everybody's experience of pregnancy yeah. and motherhood will be really, really different. And that's okay. And I think I think the moment we stop comparing ourselves to other people is a good it's a, it's a oh, good it's a good time sooner you can do that yeah, let go because <laughs> you know what you're doing your thing stay in your lane how you're feeling is how you're feeling you need to honor that so some people will not necessarily breeze through pregnancy I don't think anybody necessarily breezes through it but some people have a really glorious pregnancy and mm. and and just love the changes and, and feel wonderful and other people really struggle with that yeah. and that's okay I have to say I'm, I'm very fortunate I feel very lucky to be in this position but having had two losses before this pregnancy it's different pregnancy after loss man it's not honestly having gone through three losses myself I'm so there with you and I feel like you know it's nearly harder than the loss itself I feel like I don't know how you've been feeling but Mm. for me emotionally I was like oh yeah 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 no I'm putting everything on the back burner because this baby's not going to be here until they're in my arms. I found it really hard to both connect, but also to connect with the experience ahead of me mm. because I was sort of in denial. And I think there isn't really space to talk about that. And I think that that's that's a big part. That's going to be a big part of your journey. That's going to be a big part of whether or not you've been having a glorious pregnancy in terms of, you know, feeling very asymptomatic, having, you know, lovely luscious hair and great skin and all of the lovely glow. Mm. I think... That's another part to it that you have to also kind of honor and give space to. And that's what you want to be writing in your journal. That's what you want to be kind of processing and working through. And And that's why writing is so important. I I have found like I'm not as 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 good as I was first time around. But I certainly think that, you know, now again, reading over what I what I what I had written this morning before we Mm -hmm. came in here. I will write it in my journal tonight because it's so important to really honour your feelings and, and write it down. And, and sometimes if you are feeling fearful about something, writing it down on paper takes a bit of that power the, oh, away. I'm so glad you said that because a huge part of what I do, um, both in antenatal education from a more sort of holistic perspective, but also in hypnobirthing is sort of that... The, the fear release, right? And we do a sort of a, a six-step um, fear release sort of process. And a huge part of it is just writing down, acknowledging and making more concrete those fears. Yeah. So that is the first step in facing them, in finding out that sort of that birth team, whether that is a person, whether that is having, you know, sort of talking to somebody, whether that is writing down in your journal, whether that is making sure you've got, you know, things that are going to make you feel good and help you move like we were saying before about that feeling of away from fear and more towards confidence around birth because birth can be such a wonderful exciting empowering experience but if you've got fear standing in the way it, it, that's a very significant barrier to that experience so writing it down is just so powerful yeah mm. i'm so glad you said that because I I think I think fear is a player and it's it's a it's it's a normal probably protection mm-hmm. that happens because we're, when we're unsure about the unknown it's the unknown if you haven't done it before of course you're going to be frightened of it because it's you, we've been bombarded in society by you know images of screaming pregnant women oh. in labor and all so so that's kind of lodges in your brain well from the minute you're born you're kind of oh well you know this is how it's going to look and then we've got the screaming shows on tv where it's the blood and the guts and the gore and one born every minute of course dramatizes everything around birth yeah so if that's all you're seeing um, you know it doesn't make good tv if someone just comes in breathes through their surges pops up on the bed has a baby 
and that's it. That's not exciting, you know, viewing. So that paired with everyone likes to talk about their negative experience. People don't shout from the rooftops. I had an incredible birth and I cannot wait to do it again because people are worried about how, you know, that might impact the person beside them who hasn't had that experience that's exactly it and I, I that we, something we touched on actually with Luciane as well mm. that and I was really glad she said it and afterwards she wondered should I have said that and I, was, I was like I, I, th- I think it was good that you did and by I'm referring to the fact that she said you know sometimes she can dumb down her experience of mm-hmm. having a drug-free birth because for fear of maybe triggering somebody else yeah. but actually you have to own it too your experience is your experience and whether that was a good one or not so good, it's, you, you know, it's it's yours, own it. And for a lot of people who, who go on to have a drug-free birth experience, a lot of work has gone in beforehand, usually, yeah, yeah. to hopefully allow that to present itself. It doesn't always even work out, even if you've, you know, you've done all the planning, you've done everything else. Sometimes baby has other plans. But if you're if you're fortunate and things align, you, you have to own it. Because reading over my diary, I did so much work last time. Yeah. I, I actually didn't realize how much work I had done between courses, meditations, affirmations, daily exercises, you know, mind, body, spirit stuff. So in a way, it doesn't surprise me that I was fortunate enough to go on to have the birth experience that I'd hoped for because I put a lot of work into it. Oh, you worked so hard. And I think the thing But I haven't this time, which is why I'm like, come on, it's week 30. You know what? Get your ass in gear. I think the thing is, is, you know, that aspect of what you were talking about, the kind of the unknown. And that's where the fear kind of stems from. Uh, one of the sort of mottos that I have is the more you know, the less you fear. Yes. So that means when it comes to preparation, you're not saying I've only got this, you know, I'm sort of gesticulating wildly here. They've only got this narrow minded point of view of it must go perfectly. I will do this and this and this and this and I will go into labor and it will be four hours long and I'm going to use gas and air and breathing and that's it. It has to be okay. What if birth takes this route? Yeah, exactly, Let me see yeah. how that might look. Let's explore that. Let's create preferences around that. That if for some reason I had to be induced, okay, what would I like? What would I what would I not like? How can I create a scenario and an environment that is conducive within those restraints? So it means when you're creating your preferences, you've got your plan A, B, and C. So if you are faced with one of those, it's something that you could sit back and go, oh, you know what? I'm so glad for modern medicine. Mm-hmm. I am so happy with that experience. And all of that preparation is never for no reason. Yeah. It always is going to benefit you, even if that means, you know, the sort of the debriefing afterwards because you understood it. Yes. You knew how that was going to look or you had a, had an inkling. It wasn't so unknown that, you know, okay, you know, you maybe perhaps were, you know, the individual who's, labored for three days baby's been in an icky position and it's been sort of the discussion has come up around okay I think we might have to start prepping for cesarean and you can go okay cool I've got all of these tools I've got this great toolkit I can come back to my birthing breath and I can have you know an an environment when I've I can deliver my baby because your baby, you're delivering your baby no matter how they come, whether it's a belly birth or a vaginal delivery, that you can have those tools and have a really empowering birth experience no matter how it looks. That's what birth prep is all about. That's what hypnobirthing is all about. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I think there's a lot of people that need to hear that because, you know, sometimes we can get tied up with, you know, comparison again and having these 
wishes, desires. But the problem is with having a, a rigid idea of what you want. If you're rigid within it or mm-hmm. if you're structured, it's something that's, you know, it's it's going to, there's going to be a blocker there. So you do need to kind of release, let go and have the ideal scenario and then prepare yourself for all eventualities, as you explained. Mm. Really, really important. You had a lovely sentence just before we started recording. And I think if anyone takes home anything from listening to this, it's just beautiful is that and surrendering. That just that word. Yeah. To just surrender to the process. Have all the information. Have, you know, your army of ideas and plans and prep and all of the things. But being able to just surrender to the process and know that you didn't have to tell your body how to make, you know, four chambers of your baby's heart. You didn't have to tell your body to, you know, digest a sandwich, all of these different things. And our body's very capable of birthing our babies. So even if like that, you go home and you do no prep, our body is still going to do what it's going to do. So being able to surrender to the process, whether that is a cesarean birth, whether that is, you know, baby needing a little bit of help at the end being able to surrender to that and give yourself this was the breath the breathing space to just mm. be this is how it this is how it's going to be yeah it's huge yeah it is huge we beat ourselves up so much don't we as, so as mothers much. oh my gosh big time big time and i think being aware of what you are absorbing through your ears through your eyes every part of you is is important particularly i think when we're in the tr- third trimester mm. um for me what really worked was listening to empowering birth stories yes you know because if you hear these stories about these women that have done it before why would you be any different absolutely and the thing is as well as you know yes you're saying sort of listening to the stories but it only takes one negative one and they say it takes one or t- 10 positives to make up for a negative comment or a negative story so if you're saying okay you know how can i diffuse a situation whereby you know bridey poor bridey bridey oh. down the road wants to share her really scary story with you yeah. how can i how can i sort of diffuse that situation um and i love coming back to the really basic one of bridey i'm going to stop you there thank you i'm so honored that you want to share your story with me Let's wait until I've had my baby and then I can even better empathize with you. Mm. What I'm trying to do at the moment is just surround myself with positivity to really, you know, make sure that I can do everything that I can within my power to feel good and excited about this birth. Yes. And Bridie will go, oh, yeah, cool, great. And you say, look, looking forward to the cup of tea with you, cup of the tea, cup of tea and a chat. Yeah, lovely. And, you know, you're stopping her in a nice way or stopping him in a nice way, whoever it might be, because everyone wants to share their story and those stories also deserve to be heard. So it's, it's a hard one when, you know, everyone wants to tell you and, you know, and my experience was this and it's like, yes, fantastic. Can we put a pause on it? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'd love to know your opinion on this. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I, I shouted it from the rooftops. I did share it with the closest, my closest mm-hmm. friends and family that my desire was to have a natural drug free birth. But I, I think I was relatively conservative about who I'd say it to for fear that I'd be told, you know, that's crazy talk. It's, that's typical kind of first time mom talk. Yeah. Or you wouldn't have that experience and then you go, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. I think. We're the same with everything though, right? If you say, oh, you know, I've, I've got this job interview and I'm really, I'm going to ace it. I'm going to ace it. I prepped really well. I'm so excited for it. And I'm really, you know, I think, I think I'm going to get the job. You don't say that necessarily either. I was so shouting about it. I was like, I'm doing all the things. This is how I would like it to look. If you're there, this is, you know, can you, can you hold my hand? Can you, you know, I want to be supported in this. Um, and I think, Equally, I probably would have shouted just as loud if things hadn't gone to plan because I feel like those stories are going to help someone. Yeah, And if I don't talk about them, why would anyone else feel comfortable talking about them? Mm, That's a good point. 
And it's also really important. I think we have a oh gosh without kind of delving too much into it this sort of weird um thing of you go into the hospital you get up on the bed and the things happen to you so you know you go in and you know say the doctor came in they examined me they told me this they told me that the baby would be this and this and we're going to you know hang on a bag of oxytocin and we're going to give you x amount of time as opposed to I prepared myself really well I knew that um you know I wanted to avoid oxytocin if I could so I did you know, I think hearing the stories of women being empowered in their births and empowered around the decisions and empowered around the preparation can only be a good thing. You know, if it's something that suits you, if it's something you're not feeling uncomfortable sharing, because there's no right or wrong way to do it either. Yeah. Let's talk about all the things we can do and the things that maybe we should avoid doing. Um to best prepare ourselves for those latter weeks of pregnancy. Mm. Um Let's start with the negatives so we can end on a positive. Go for it. <laughs> um, I suppose just really what you were saying, to be, to be completely honest, um, the, the surrounding yourself with positives only. So for me, I always sort of send my clients off with a little bit of homework. So I say, you know, your job is to stop watching One Born Every Minute. Your job is to start visualizing how your dream birth scenario might be. Can I ask why? Because I went through a spell of watching One Born Every Minute. Oh my gosh, so do I. I love it. It's awful. You know what though? Start watching Call the Midwife. That's awesome. That's, you know, if you want to hear, if you're like, I want to watch birth related stuff, there's so much you can do. You can just, you know, take a different road. Start watching Call the Midwife. If you want to watch something, sit down and watch something. Um, there's, uh, you know, fantastic podcast out there. The Australian Birth Podcast is great. There's birth photography on Instagram. I'll, I actually will share all of these sort of resources with you afterwards because I always say this, you know, here's your little bundle. Go and just immerse yourself in all things birth. Um, and, you know, like that, having the conversations, maybe setting up a little visualization board with, you know, pictures of how you would like the room to be. So you're thinking, you know, um, dim lighting you're thinking you know avoiding the sort of the harsh hospital lighting and the reason for that is you know you want to work with your hormones not against them and that cocktail of hormones that happens you want you know the oxytocin boosters you want things that the oxytocin is your birth helper so you want to be having a room that is conducive to that as well as melatonin being the oxytocin helper so a room that is dim and you're, you're thinking romance right you want you know all of the, the yummy foods you want to be having that one comedy sketch that you're saving for birth and you're going to watch that in early labour you're thinking that's if you get that yes do you totally know, it, it, but you can enough. do that when you're having an induction okay you know it's you funny can... I didn't really so my labour was relatively quick considering it's first time yeah. so I didn't get to all those things I had in the really list. you were just like didn't, okay we're having no, a baby <laughs> just didn't happen so in a nutshell very quickly just for those listening um, yeah. my waters broke on my due date that morning uh, I went into That's the coom. so unusual. Yeah, so it? unusual. Yeah. yeah, I went into the coom and was very clearly told that if I didn't start to go into spontaneous uh, labour, I didn't start contractions mm-hmm. myself, that the time was, the clock was ticking. And that, oh, that, that's nerve wracking in itself. You know, without, it? yeah, and, and I suppose. Straight away, I, you're like, oxytocin's down here. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually it probably made me a bit cross, if I'm totally honest, because um, I was kind of like, no, God damn it. I had a plan. <laughs> I'm going to have a plan. It doesn't not bother the plan. So uh, we went home, and I suppose I went into the zone. Look, I'm very fortunate that at half six that evening, I. Uh, my first contraction started and by half 10 I was in the coom and um, my partner told the midwife 
my, I think my partner's in labour and she said, oh, right, yeah. And she came out and I was in between contractions. So I was very still. It was very quiet. I yeah. was probably meditating, eyes closed, sitting there. And she went, oh, right, yeah. We'll have a look. We'll Whatever. see. Whatever. And I was already <laughs> six centimetres. No way. Yeah. So I kind of missed... Oh my goodness. No, no, no. You bombed it. But, but I was vomiting in the sink in the kitchen. Yeah. With the pain. Like it was full on. It wasn't a barrel of laughs, but it was amazing. And it moved a lot quicker than I ever thought. Um, And I was like a wild caged animal on the way into the coom. I I just. That car, Jerry. Oh my God. But, but, but look, I had an amazing birth experience and I'm extremely fortunate. And I know I was very lucky. Um, but I suppose I had all of these lovely plans because I'd heard that first time, usually. You have it, the time. You have the time and it takes, you know, it, it you know, it, it, takes, it can, it takes it can be slow. <laughs> so I know I'm, I'm slightly not the average in that sense. Um, so I missed out on all of those lovely, but, but majority of women will get to have that. So that's really good advice. And also the dim lighting, it's not just, as you explained brilliantly there about hormones and everything. I suppose I remember hearing this in one of the antenatal classes and it was brilliant. It was about animals and the, like mm-hmm. animals who are about to give birth. What do they do? They go off and they find a yeah, dark. You find your kittens in the laundry basket, yeah. you know. They'll or find themselves a lovely little dark corner. Sort of snug safe. and cozy and yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's do you want to create that uh, that idea? Absolutely. And it's this lovely, uh, you know, they say, you know, during war times that mums actually held on to their babies for up to four weeks more because they were like, no, now is not the time. Now it is not safe. So they waited until there was, you know, that the safety. Safety. To, to be able to mm. have their babies. And yeah, you're creating a scenario where you feel safe and supported and unobserved. And um, that's why a lot of women will go into the bathroom and they'll have their babies over the loo. Because if that happens, make sure you lift up the lid, put down two towels, put the toilet seat down, just in case. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be giving the birth in the, uh, into the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does happen because that's does where happen. you feel, uh, you know, mm. no one's going to come in and knock on the door. You know, I've got my safe space. You know, you can, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be your string of fairy lights and your salt lamps. It can be turn off the main hospital room lights, which are quite harsh and abrasive. And generally speaking, most hospital rooms will have what's used as a suturing light if there's any any you know any requirement for stitches at any point you um, have this light that comes down from the ceiling so you literally pull that down and turn that to face the corner and that way everyone can see what they're doing so everyone can you know write their notes do their paperwork and no one's crashing into one another but you can create that little space of safety you can create that little almost womb-like environment for yourself so it doesn't have to be buying all the fancy things yeah, you know yeah and I mean I, I suppose again I can only speak from my own experience I thought they were absolutely brilliant in the coom yeah really great and um, very respectful of my wishes and even though you are in the hospital environment I felt like you know the the lights were dimmed in the room and there was an understanding there and I think I think we're getting better at that I hope we are oh absolutely in in my experience now versus you know even three years ago I feel like oftentimes now I say you know I'll send my clients off and say you know just chat through your care provider with you know these birth preferences that you've created with me and they'll come back to me and say you know they actually told me that that's normal practice now which is great. great, you know, things like great the delayed cord clamping, the care providers are going, oh yeah, we do that, don't worry about that, you know, 
perfect and you know encouraging uh sort of breastfeeding afterwards they're like oh of course we're going to support you so it is yes, you know it yes. is happening it is happening now that you mentioned the delayed cord clamping can we explain it for those who are hearing that maybe for the first time as to why it's important gosh there's so much language that i forget i have to you know i talk about this all day long it's awful um so delayed cord clamping um essentially when your baby is born there is still blood flowing through the placenta from the placenta to your baby filled with stem cells and you know really beautiful oxygenated blood that it's for your baby and um, you know rewind maybe 10 years or so ago we used to cut and clamp the cord straight away mm. and the baby was sort of whisked off and checked you know away from the mother nowadays we know that actually it's fantastic for baby to get that extra little boost and actually it helps to helps to keep their hemoglobin levels really boosted they feed a lot more efficiently they give a really get a really good start in life. So allowing the cord to pulsate, which means the blood to continue to throw, flow through it until it's white and limp, means your baby's getting that little extra boost. The only issue with you actually is you're going to have to get a little sample taken from the cord. Mm. So you probably remember that from last yeah. time. So because we're we we discussed this before we started recording, yes, we're both Reese's negative. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they'll they'll always have to check what what blood type the baby is. Exactly. Exactly. And you can run into issues. So if your baby is the same blood type as you you're sort of hunky dory happy days if your baby is in another blood type so generally the type of blood as your daddy as the daddy mm. um or the donor that you end up then possibly running into troubles with your baby being a little bit more jaundiced and you end up having to have an injection yourself just to make sure to protect you for future pregnancies to make sure your body doesn't go what's that we don't like that so um yeah in, in a nutshell you can ask for a blood sample to be taken from the placenta itself so you can still have a degree of, of cord clamping still yes yeah and these are important things to include in your birth preferences mm. you know and i mean we we were just sharing each, each other's notes before beforehand as well. Mine aren't very long. It's on one page. It's not That's pages and perfect. pages and pages. But yeah. I was very clear about what my the ideal scenario is. And the core clamping is one of the things I included on. It. And I requested that you know, my partner, the baby's dad would cut the cords. They're nice things that you can, again, it helps with the mm-hmm. bonding. Um, and I know we haven't mentioned it and it sort of is the elephant in the room. We are still in in a period of restrictions, we're hoping that they will lift and continue to lift mm. um, over the coming weeks and Still months. Fighting, but it's hey? been, yeah, it's been so tough. I have obviously very strong views on it, and um, I really feel for the women and couples who have had, you know, a difficult experience within these times. But I do think that you know those working in hospitals are, are doing their best, and they're trying to keep keep people safe and look after them. But um, it's it's not easy. No, and it's moving. It's not easy. It's yeah, moving. it is so moving. There and are lots of people, really incredible people, who are fighting to have these changes made. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We which will is get great. There. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so imagine we're now, you know, a few weeks out from our due date, and we have gone in for a check, and perhaps baby is breech or in a in a in a different position where the head isn't down. What can we do to help baby get in the right position? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So this is something that's very close to my heart because uh, my first was completely breached, like Frank breached, legs up by his head. We're not going anywhere until 38 weeks. Okay, yeah. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing all the things. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I learned is it's about creating space. So your uterus is not a floating balloon in your pelvis. It's tied with sort of ligaments and it's really 
quite, you know, very well held in place for, you know, birth and create, you know, the gravid uterus making space for your baby to grow in your belly. So the best thing that you can do is make sure that there's no tension there. So things like body work, so going to see a chiropractor to have a kind of, um, I suppose if there's any tension there sort of released, so creating the space again. Things like um, forward leaning, forward leaning inversions particularly. So that's where you are quite literally, you've got your uh, forearms down on the floor and your knees and your bottom, bottom sticking up in the air as much as you can. And it, it probably a position, if people have done yoga, they'll probably be familiar. It's like child pose. It's like downward dog. It's and downward dog oh, more. Yeah, okay, very good. More, but downward dog, I would say if your baby is the wrong way probably isn't quite enough okay um, so downward dog is basically hands and feet on yeah, and the with mat the bum in the air yeah the bum sure the air. so the idea is what you're doing is perhaps if a baby is engaged in the wrong position which means they're snuggled into your pelvis already you're giving space for your both all of the ligaments to release and you know sort of calm down and you know create the space and relaxation for your baby to re-engage in a better position but you're also encouraging your baby to come out of the pelvis a little bit so mm. that when you kind of come back out of that position and if, the, if out of your inversion and you're really you're holding it for sort of two of your birth breaths so breathing in for four and out for six that's kind of how long and then you want to take a moment for your your, your uterus to settle and yeah. for your baby to have the space to sort of reconfigure themselves so the ideal position is if um you know your baby's snuggled into the perfect position for birth they want to have the shortest spiral through your pelvis so your baby's to spiral through they don't come straight out um and what you want to be doing to encourage that is yes space and yes you know relaxation with your, within that sort of pelvic floor so they say you know do your pelvic floor exercises but actually in those last two weeks like we're talking about you're talking about doing things like your child's pose um, and you know focusing on relaxing and releasing the pelvic floor you want to be you know making sure that everything is supple and released and relaxed for your baby to move through not keeping everything tight and toned and you know sort of creating a barrier to baby moving through there um, and this is where spinning babies as well is, is actually great mm, so fabulous. if you haven't heard of this we might link the website here is going to be like paragraphs with all of these yeah, ideas. Loads of yeah, loads of info, but this, it's really good. And um, you know, they're basically little little movements and exercises that you can do mm. on a daily basis that can help. And and again, I think it's just an opportunity to connect with you and your your baby because at the end of the day, when it comes to the I suppose the essence of your birth team. It's you and your baby, our babies, mm. as the case may be. That's really where it's at. And spinning babies is it's just lovely. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first time round as well. Yeah, great. And I think as well, it's in those last two weeks, you're nearly looking for something to do, aren't yeah. you? So yeah, to say, yeah. okay, and I'm going to do this, this and this. That's probably what's going to feel make you feel more prepared, where you've got a little list. I know for me, I had a similar feeling because I was like, oh, you know, I've got a toddler running around at home. I'm working full time. Where on earth am I going to find the time to, to do the preparation? And it was about finding those little windows during the day. Okay, I'm in the shower now. I'm going to take take a few deep breaths and just visualize how my breath is going to be or I'm driving in the car and I'm going to say out loud you know what how my breath is going to go um, absolutely and you know the other one I did and I've, I've shared this a few times mm. with people before because I found it massively effective I suppose when I when I trained in yoga so I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a trained yoga teacher and I realized that you know what you feed the mind, the body believes. Absolutely. And I, I just, I suppose I really put it into practice um, 
four years ago when I was pregnant with my little boy and I decided to write up my own affirmations that really that I felt connected oh, yes. to. So I had them on post-its, right, all over the house. Like everywhere. Everywhere. Like, <laughs> I always think, you know that movie with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind? Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. window. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So that was basically our gaff. Wherever you're going to be reading them. Yeah. yeah. If it's on the mirror, if it's, you know, on the back of the door of the toilet. I that's it. That's one. it. I was sitting on the loo and right in front of me were the coloured post-its with, I trust my body. I can do this. Me and my baby oh, are the best. Yeah. And writing them yourself <laughs> is huge. It is, yeah. Taking the process of, you know, just, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this. So, and again, um, that's connected to your emotional body. They always say when you're writing things down by hand. So don't type them up. So just mm-hmm. literally write them yourself. It doesn't matter what about your handwriting. You know, it doesn't have to be absolutely. Beautiful. And mine is uh, the uh, I'm the only one who can read what I write. So yeah, I had them all over the house in the bedroom on the chest of drawers. Um, you know. In, 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 in the loo and the suite and the kitchen everywhere and yes it looked absolutely batshit crazy but I, I really feel it worked mm-hmm. because not once did I ask for drugs and it's not like me I'm not a hero if I have like obviously if I have a headache I'll lurry the water into me I'll try and yeah. remedy it naturally but if it's really bad I, I will take a Panadol yeah. I will yeah. no problem um but I not once did I, did I ask for drugs because I really feel like I had trained my mind to believe that I could do it. Mm. So when it came to it, I was a well-oiled machine because for weeks and weeks I had been doing it. Now, this is not to freak anyone out who's perhaps nearing their due date going, well, I haven't done any of this. Can, you can still do it. There's always time. I think there's always time. Even if you're writing them in on the way in in the, in the car to the hospital. Yeah. You're, or, you, you yeah. know, you're saying it to your partner, you know, I can do this. And he's saying back to you, I can do this. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Thanks for saying that, because I think that's a huge part as well. Having a, you know, your partner, your husband, whoever it is, somebody that believes in you as much as, mm-hmm. as you want to believe in yourself is really important because I had that. I was very lucky that I had yeah. that. He really oh, believed wonderful. in me. He really believed that he I could like, do I it. He was like, I know you can do it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And and even there were times when I was starting, the energy was starting to to mm-hmm. falter a little bit. Um, and and he was there to 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 say reassuring words and, and give me that boost that I needed. And yeah. I felt very lucky for that. Oh, so, there's nothing. Honestly, it's my favorite part of birth. Yeah, is watching a couple do it together. Yeah, and that can you know that that can be the doula, that can be whoever your birth partner is. But just and I was very lucky actually. First time round, I had both a doula. Did you? Oh, amazing. <laughs> and my partner, you I know, had the team. I know, yeah. I was very lucky. I was awesome. very lucky. Yeah, that's, that's so wonderful. And, and my wonderful consultants and my wonderful midwife. I surrounded. Was, I was. I, I was <laughs> talk about talk about um, the stars aligning. I was. I was very lucky. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. Just coming back on those affirmations and, you know, taking the time to write them up and the time to process all of that. One of the th- reasons that they say that they work is you have, you know, the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain. And when it comes to sort of preparing for birth, and I call it kind of brain training for birth, you are talking about tapping into that left side because that's where, you know, the thing, that's where your subconscious is. And yeah. that's where those affirmations speak to. So during pregnancy, we, we kind of, we, we say that um, you have a sort of more malleability. So there's more room for growth and change during pregnancy. So tapping into that, writing out those affirmations and, you know, thinking, okay, what is going to speak to me? What, what, you know, what, what are my fears here? Okay, let's, let, let's think about something that's going to solidify my abilities and, you know, speak to those fears and help me work through them. I was just glued to them. I would, I, there were points where I was just so zoning in on this one that just said release. And it yeah. was what I had been telling myself my whole pregnancy. And uh, God, if, if one word was important yeah. when it comes to birth, that's release, all, that's all release, you, need. you gotta let go. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's the fear, the fear in her mind will translate into the body when you're when you're when you're afraid. And, and, and obviously what's going to happen, your body's going to tense up and it's going to make it more difficult. Mm-hmm. And it does. It seems like sometimes a bridge too far for people, but you got to trust in your body and know that all you have to do is trust that it knows how to do this. There is mm-hmm. there is an ancient knowing within your body that knows how to birth your baby and you know your baby's going to arrive There's one way or another of, yeah absolutely and I think the thing is is you know I suppose another way of saying exactly what you've just said is a lot about birth prep and all about birthing your baby is about unlearning it's yes. about you know you we've been fed all of these negative stories so actually I'm just going to come back to a space of my body knows what to do yeah. if you did absolutely nothing and like that you know with your first experience you didn't have the time for the massage and the aromatherapy and the lovely things but you had done the training in your mind to be able to just be in your body to come back to your breath and create that bubble of sort of confidence and empowerment around your experience and that's that's what it's all about Absolutely really it is. yeah you don't need to spend money on on anything no you don't no you don't and and you you know you touched on it there and it is about speaking to the unconscious part of your mind when people are telling you those horror stories or you're watching the one born every minute mm-hmm. you're perhaps seeing you know, um, difficult birth experiences that are not going to help you. So Mm. you definitely need to be quite, I think, uh, discerning about what you consume, what you watch and and really focus on only allowing the good stuff in. Yeah, because the more you allow it in, isn't it? And you think, okay, that force field works quite beautifully going into birth too. So even if you're having your cesarean birth and you're saying, okay, you know, my baby's not happy, but I've got this lovely bubble here and we're going to have this experience and I'm just going to be in it. And 
you can you can move that through to your postpartum too you can you know oh my gosh this is really overwhelming I feel like I've you know I need another set of hands here or you know my nipples are sore and I need support having the force field to just okay we're just gonna we're gonna sit we're gonna be in it we're gonna get the support things are gonna be okay that's what hypnobirthing is about too isn't it it's and the brain training aspect yeah. of it it doesn't have to be things are only going to be one way and I think that's something I really want people to take home and just because birth didn't go the way that you had planned does not mean that it was anything less than incredible yes you and know, a lot you of are incredible it's so amazing absolutely and a lot of women do feel a sense of disappointment if um you know they have labored to a point and then mm. they're told you know we're, we're going to have to perhaps intervene and might result in a in a C-section or whatever it is. And there's a huge sense of, oh, right, this is what's going to happen now. Yeah. But, you know, you you got to own that. You're doing nothing wrong. And sometimes steps need to be taken. You said it earlier, and this is where it's very true. I'm a big believer in if you can avoid medical intervention, if that's your wish, fantastic. But there are times when it's necessary mm-hmm. for the safety of your baby and you. And isn't that a brilliant, wonderful thing? Yeah. And we have these resources nowadays. That's exactly it. And I think to be able to, you know, the more you know, the less you fear. And I think if you understand the situations that have arisen and are then in it, it means that instead of feeling really disheartened, really disappointed and really, you know, oh gosh, I just, I wish things could have been this way. And, you know, it went against everything that I had wanted. You can actually come at it, you know, feel in a place of thank you. This is, I'm so grateful. Yes. And that's what I would like to see women feeling and, you know, empowered no matter how it looked. Let's talk about the other things that we can do to help get ourselves in the zone for for labour, for spontaneous labour to help bring it about, basically. Um, I know that I, I tried quite a few things. Evening primrose oil. So, yes. Uh, in terms of, you know, the evidence for this one, it's quite strong. Orally, not so much. You're okay. talking about inserting two capsules vaginally. So uh, generally, I say it's two capsules. It's about a, it's a thousand milligrams, right? So yeah. that's uh, normally two capsules. And you want to pierce them first and then you insert them vaginally. I always say put on a little panty liner or a pad because it does come out, you know, generally in the morning or when you get up to go to the loo in the middle of the night. Um, so just so you're not wrecking your necks or your pajamas or whatever. Yeah. Or bed sheets oil is a pain to clean but the reason that it works really beautifully is that it helps just to soften and ripen and prepare the cervix so our cervix has to do sort of it has to soften ripen and sort of efface so thin out and, and as well as open and dilate so it has to do quite a lot of things and mm. the prostaglandin effect which is that softening ripening effect of the evening primrose oil is is where, where that works. Um, so the research is quite quite good on that one. I always say wait until 37 weeks um, just because it can be quite powerful. So you're making sure that if you were to go into labour that your your baby's, you know, ready to come out and yes. can, can be absolutely fine in the outside world. And any particular um, brands are, would any kind of brands that's available do the job? You just want to make sure it's as pure as possible so there's exactly. no kind of added added extras. Fab. Um, perineum massage. Yeah. I did this from week 36 last time around. Wasn't the most comfortable experience. Not sexy. Not sexy. No, no. <laughs> but, but I was glad I did it. Um, I was very lucky I didn't have any tearing. And I, I, I wonder, was that a part of the reason why I didn't? Um, and that's obviously why I did it. Yeah. In the hope that I would have a vaginal birth. And um, I suppose I, I had heard 
the horror stories and mm. I wanted to maybe give myself the best fighting chance of of being okay yes. um, afterwards. So uh, yeah, I did it and uh, can, we, can we talk about that and see yeah. if it's something maybe that a listener might want to try out themselves? Absolutely. So um, when it comes to reducing the likelihood of tearing and tearing generally is one of the bigger fears for particularly for first time mums and the likelihood of having a degree of tearing with your first baby is quite high. So, you know, doing everything that you can to, um, I suppose, stack the odds in your favour against tearing is fantastic. Perineal massage is one but not the only thing that you can do and the ideal with perineal massage is that you are sort of increasing the elasticity and the tone in that area but you're also preparing yourself for that sort of stinging sensation we call it the, the ring of fire as your baby's head is crowning or coming through the birth canal the, the, coming through the vagina at the very last part and um, what happens often is as we reach that point we sort of we clench up and we go oh no 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 I don't like this and you know the baby then coming through because our uterus is still working to push our baby through despite the you know discomfort um, is a it, we can create that sort of softness and learn to sort of breathe through the sensation we're lessening the likelihood of tearing mm. so you should notice a sort of an increase in elasticity and tone in that area after about two weeks of practicing it okay great now I will say I mean you know when my, my son's head was being born I, I wasn't breathing gently and I, I do think while it's important to share positive birth stories and mine certainly was I also think it's important to acknowledge and be real and 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 empower women with the the reality that it is it is what it definitely was for me the most challenging Mm. um, experience of my life but also with that obviously the most amazing and one I wouldn't change Mm -hmm. and it can be hard to make sense that if you haven't experienced it and those who have will get it because it, regardless of whether you've had an epidural or, or, or natural, it doesn't matter. It's it's life altering. Mm-hmm. Giving birth is a life altering experience. You Absolutely. rewire in every way. It's yeah. it's uh, it is extremely powerful. Um, but it, it's not easy. That's where the preparation comes in, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it it's, does. It's you know you wouldn't run a marathon without training for it. No. And I think birth really and truly is the biggest marathon that you will ever complete. And yeah. you know like we were saying, stacking the, the things in your favour and knowing about the different eventualities and what you can do to sort of help you have a more comfortable and more empowering experience overall is always going to be a benefit. Yes. So the perineum massage essentially is where you apply pressure um, and the most effective way is usually like thumbs. Mm-hmm. There's a fantastic, yeah, there's a fantastic video because I'm trying to visualize how we will describe this. But yes, thumbs, certainly. In a downward sweeping motion yeah. and then holding at different points along the perineum, which is the part between your vagina and your anus, mm. um, in a sort of downward pressure. And you're sort of thinking of, okay, holding the pressure downward, almost like you're swinging along a little a little hammock or a little U-shape. Um, and you, sh- you should do it for sort of five to ten minutes. And doing it three times week is, is loads yeah and you might not want to do it I certainly didn't really look forward to doing it but I was I was glad I did yeah, you and took the opportunity you were saying to sort of take the time then to sort of practice your breathing and exactly connect with how the experience might be and yeah. really take in the sensations and and it perhaps it does psychologically prepare you for that that hot sensation that you get when you mm. are when you are in active labor and you are giving birth but look I mean look it, like all these things again it's just I think this is the one part of your life where head head in the sand or, you know, wanting to hide away from it, it's, it's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. 
So knowledge really is power when it comes to birthing your baby. And regardless of what you decide, whether that is an elected C-section or whether you want to go natural with drug free, knowledge is power. And mm-hmm. and and running away from it will only increase anxiety. I think the more you know, the, as you said, the less you fear. And it's so true. Absolutely. So, so true. There's other things that you can do. So if you don't feel like doing, you know, that you're, you're either yourself or your partner, or it's just too awkward or you just feel like it's not right for you to do the perineal massage, you can invest. There's two devices. There's the Epino and there's another yeah. one called the Annie Ball. And okay. essentially they're little devices that you pop inside the vagina and you inflate slowly. And with some of them, you actually, um, you know, use it to breathe out the device. So you're practicing pushing a baby out, essentially. Um, and you increase the sort of the size and the circumference of this device to the you know the 10 centimeters or you know whatever it is um where you would be pushing your baby out and there are other things you can do so making sure that your care provider has a low incidence of episiotomy uh, being given is, is, is a lovely way to do that the statistics aren't quite updated but bump to babe is a great way place to look for um the, stat, the stats around where you're giving birth okay, um so you know when you come to choosing your birth place if you were you know at that point still in your pregnancy that's a lovely place to start um other things is a laboring in water so it Mm. actually carries on for up to two hours after laboring in water so if you said okay i'm going to get into the pool or get into the birth the the bath at some point sorry two hours six hours oh my gosh up to six hours so if you said okay early labor i'm going to get into the bath kitty said at some point i have to get into the bath in my labor those benefits in terms of that sort of softening of that area carry right through for six hours so if you go on to have your baby within that, that next six hours, you're going to carry those benefits with you. That's brilliant. Amazing. Didn't also, know that. Yeah, so so great. And, you know, huge uh, body of evidence behind that one. The next one then is birthing in an upright position or it's simply not birthing on your back. So if you're in an upright or even on your side, so sort of left lateral position you're creating up to 30 percent more space in your pelvis so it means you've got space for your baby's head to come through um and avoiding coached pushing which is still done if you have an epidural and you can't feel your surges coming and going Mm. but if you don't have one in place going with those surges so you may find that um as it comes up to that pushing phase, you actually only feel the urge to bear down or the urge to push your baby out every second surge. And that's very normal as it's sort of nudging your baby along, but not just simply pushing when you're being told to push because there's a reason your baby's head comes forward and back. It's stretching out the perineum and going with your body as opposed to when someone who's not feeling the surge is coming and going the same way you are means you're lessening the likelihood of tearing. Okay, brilliant. We have probably spoken more about labour and birth than I had thought we would but it's it's obviously me- meant to have happened that way which is fantastic and it'll be oh there's a, so much isn't there so much and it'll tie in brilliantly with next week's episode as well um, where we talk all things labour and childbirth um, but let's go back a step to mm. the hospital bag and the what to get because that can feel overwhelming for first timers you know to know oh what do I need to get and I need to buy this and I need to buy that But in the beginning, you probably don't need as much as you think. Mm -hmm. Yes, certainly. And I think with second time mums, you you realise that. You go, oh my God, I packed, you know, nearly the kitchen sink. And did I use any of it? Yeah, Yeah. my labour bag never got opened. I didn't have a chance. Yeah, yeah, you you were so fast. But the thing is, is that's just a lovely, you know, testament to show that you don't actually need a lot of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know, you had it all in you. Um, But... 
I always say pack two separate bags. So you've got a bag that goes with you, particularly at the moment, because you know you can always send your partner back down to the car to go and get the, the, the bag for afterwards. They tend to be a little bit bigger with, you know, changes of 90s and whatever else. Um, but for the actual labor bags, so things that are going to help you, whether that's your aromatherapy, maybe it's your little LED candles, maybe it's, you know, your earbuds or your eye mask, whatever it might be put that in a separate bag so you're not fumbling around trying to find it or trying to describe to your partner where to where to find the things before I forget because a mom brain is so real. Get your partner to repack your bag. So you might have put the things together. You might have got your checklist, gone through the whole thing, got them all beautifully packed away, perhaps in little clear sandwich bags so that you, or packing cubes, even better, so you can have everything clearly labeled and know where it is. But get your partner to then repack it, to put everything in. Because generally, it's going to be them who's going to be rooting things out, right? Yeah, so yeah. they know where everything is then. If you're sent off to go and get a cloth or, you know, whatever it might be. Gosh, the, you know, hilarious. I'm after forgetting um, another thing to reduce the tearing. Nice warm compress as baby's oh, head yes. is coming through. So if you're sending your partner to go and get, you know, your, your, your warm compress or your cloth or your face spray... They know where it is. You're not trying to say it's it's beside the thing and up from this and it's in a red bag, but it's not the red bag that's this one. It's, you know, rather than trying to describe that, it makes it all just one thing you can do to make it a little bit easier. Yeah, and that's where snacks and things like that, if you, you know, your labour is going on a long time, you might need just a bit of a boost. So things that you like to eat that are handy to eat would be handy to have. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always say, you know, nothing exciting, nothing exotic. So that might be a granola bar. It might be oat cakes with nut butter on them. Something that's going to give you a more sustained energy, but yes. nothing that's, you know, you haven't tried before. And then in terms of what's important to have for baby mm-hmm. um, before they, they come into the world, what would you say are the, the top, say, five items? Gosh, I'm so minimal. I wouldn't even get to five. I, um, and actually last time too, I feel like I was very much, you know, something for them to wear. So at the moment you're thinking your vest and your baby grow. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, I honestly didn't even dress, don't, don't dress my kids in, you know, little dungarees or anything like anything sweet like that because they end up spitting up on them or having a poo up their back and you end up taking them off. So even just for a photo opportunity, but certainly not for their first outfits. Um, so something for them to wear. I say pack, I, I say pack five of everything. So five vests, five onesies, five pairs of knickers for you. And the reason five is because you go through them. Um, and if, you know, the longest duration that you would generally be in hospital for would be after cesarean birth, since it is major abdominal surgery, you have to recover from that. Yeah. So you're packing enough so that if that were to be the eventuality for your birth, you have enough to keep you going. Honestly, that's kind of everything. Maybe a few muslins. And it's, it's also nice to have your own blanket. The hospital blankets are not, you know, as sort of sweet and lovely for pictures but they're also not quite as soft so you're thinking basic cellular blanket in case the blanket were to go up over baby uh, you should always keep the blanket at sort of uh, chest height nipple height for them but if it were to go over their face with a cellular blanket it's got little holes so they can always breathe through um, they've actually changed the research regarding hats. So babies don't necessarily need hats after delivery anymore. Interesting. Um, I was just about yeah. to ask you about the hat. Okay. They do say for um, if you if you end up having cesarean birth because the operation room is, or the theatre rather, is always that bit colder. 
uh, just to allow okay. sort of air to circulate. So, um, but the labour ward actually is really, really warm. Mm. So, you know, it's not necessary for you to have a hat, but you want to have, make sure that the, the car seat is, in, is installed and you want to make sure that your baby's got uh, something to go over them for going home. So whether that's a snowsuit if it's winter or an extra blanket if it's summer and a hat then for outside only. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And then like in terms of buggies and all the rest of the stuff you can get afterwards, obviously a crib by the bed, whatever you decide on yourself or things like that are important. But, you know, I I, I, I certainly found that the buggy could have waited. We didn't. We had it in advance, but uh, we ended up using the baby carrier, like the sling in yeah. those early days more so. They want to be on you anyway, don't of course. they? And if yes. you're lucky enough to get a baby who will lie down quite happily in the buggy, awesome. <laughs> but there are Send few me the magic. Involved. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Something else that can happen in the third trimester is often the baby shower or a mother blessing or blessings, way, whatever one you decide on. There's lots of different ways of celebrating this very important time mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a woman's life when she's about to become a mother for the first time, particularly. Yeah. So I, I've experienced both. OK. I last time had a surprise baby shower, which was, you know, typical in terms of all the things that you might see on Instagram. It was the little banner and the blue balloons. And we found out what we were having last time. We had a surprise baby this time. It was, you know, sort of the sash and the cute cupcakes and so sweet and such a lovely surprise. And one of my, you know, best friends came over from England for it. And it was so, oh, it was, it was you know, in a hotel and it was just everything I wanted. And I got a lovely massage that was gifted to me by my friends. And we really took the time to just sit and chat and go, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So I was one of the first in my group of friends to have a, have a baby. So it was just, oh my goodness, here we go. This is just this new, you know, we're all entering into this new phase of, of life together now. And then this time around, um, one of my beautiful friends created a mother's blessing for me. Mm. And oh my goodness. I, I bawled, honestly. It was the most heart-opening, just, I'm, I'm still in awe. You know, I, I have pictures from it and um, I must actually get my friend Paige to write a blog post or something for me because she created this this time and this space and it was, you know, it was during COVID time, so it's always going to look a little bit different, right? We weren't going to do a big fancy schmancy thing. It was me and my closest friends and we sat in a circle and we... you know read stories and we lit candles and we talked about you know that transition to becoming a mother again and how our lives were going to look and gave space to each other to sort of talk about how our mothering was and what we wanted to carry forward and how we could how they could support me and how you know it was just honestly so wonderful for people listening who are going what is this? What is this? I've <laughs> no never context. heard this oh, before. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So, uh, my awareness of a, of a of a mother's blessing is that it's a it originate it's a Native American tradition mm-hmm. that has been very much um, embraced by the West. But it is its roots are in ancient kind of traditions, and it's about kind of it does what it says in the tin. It's about honouring 
the woman who was mm-hmm. about to become a mother. Yes, and the focus is more on the mum as opposed yes. to the new baby. Yes, which the baby shower is probably more, it's fun, it's it's frivolous, it's cutesy, yes. it's fun games, it's about the baby. Yeah, of course, the sharing about the mother, but it's, it's essentially about this little new addition coming into your life, which is gorgeous and has its place. But Mother's Blessing is probably um, rooted more in spirituality, connection, mm-hmm. empowerment, yeah. women coming together, supporting each other. Um, and my awareness of it is that it's a very powerful thing to do. Um, so I'm delighted that you had that. Oh, I really hope you have it too. I'd love to set one up for you. It was just, <laughs> it was, yeah, very much so what you said. And I think the process of just sitting in a circle with your women yeah. and just going, wow, let's go, let's do this. And how can we support you? And, you know, without blabbing on about postpartum, because I know this is about birth prep, those women, you know, carried on from that circle to support me postpartum in the most beautiful way mm. and, you know, rallied around me. I, we didn't have to cook for like the first two or three weeks of postpartum because I had a, a hot meal every day. Oh, brilliant. And I had women doing skin to skin with my baby so that I could eat or feeding me, giving me an opportunity to have a poo on my own every day, which is bliss for yeah. a new mother, just so you know. <laughs> and shower, you know, yeah. the postpartum sweats are very real. So having an opportunity where someone who I loved and trusted would be with my children so that I could shower. Yeah. Oh, what a gift. What oh, a fabulous. gift. It sounds like you have a, a wonderful circle of like-minded women with you. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's great. Um, so for those interested, you can Google it and you might get a bit of inspiration, but it can include things like some people like to do, I believe there can be a meditation. There might mm-hmm. be a bit of sharing. There might be affirmations there. You know, there you can do a lot of things that are ceremonial, like a crown of flowers. Um, yeah, there can be the a painting of bump. Yes. Lots of beautiful things that can be done that can be fun and playful. And for some people, it might be a bit out there and um, they might feel like it's it's too hippy dippy for them. But I think anything that will empower the woman to feel like the goddess that she is when she's pregnant and that she's able to do this and have mm. that support from like minded women. I think that I think I, I, I can imagine that that will really bear fruit when you're in labor, knowing yes. that you have the circle of oh, women. Oh, you know, around my favorite you. part. And even if you just do this. Um, we shared a piece of red cord which we helped to tie around each other's either ankles or wrists and when I you know my labour began the, 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 everyone was thinking of me you know everyone was there with me so I could just focus on this and go I'm not alone and oh, then when the lovely. baby was born we all ripped off our cords and went yes I'm not alone I'm yeah, not alone I'm not alone I'm, and that's there the are thing. thousands and thousands of women around the world doing this with me it's wonderful isn't it yeah. and it, especially over the past year and a half when when there's been such a physical disconnect for women mm-hmm. uh, and going through mm, so their true. pregnancies, going through labor, knowing that while, you know, your pal, your your sister, your mother, whoever it is, may not be in the room with you while you're giving birth, you're connected. And that sounds like such a powerful um, ritual to have experienced together. So. Yeah. Great. I hope you've, I think you've given a lot of, you've certainly given me a lot of ideas. Um, oh, good. The whole way through this conversation, to be honest. So I'm, I'm so grateful to you. It's if brilliant. anyone is looking for more information without doing like, a, well, I am doing a shameless self-plug. Go for it. I very openly and honestly shared both my birth prep experience and my postpartum experience um, on my Instagram. So I literally sat and talked through the 
you know, the messiness of it all. So if you were looking to prepare for your birth, prepare for your postpartum, and you're looking for a few, a few ideas that are free, cheap, and easy to access, just go and have a little look. Great. Kitty, thank you so much. Um, I think you really did touch on a huge amount in this conversation. There's always going to be more that afterwards we'll, we'll say we didn't yeah, say this. Yeah, the list forgot. Oh, no. You know, I, I, look, I, I even have stuff on my phone here saying like the symptoms I had uh, yeah. last time. Like broken sleep, crazy dreams, sensitive, ultra-emotional. Um, I had restless legs. I used to use a cooling gel and compression socks for that. I had a lot of swelling in the Did latter you? part of my yeah. pregnancy last time around. Um, just huge water retention. Um, you know, carpal tunnel syndrome was something else I had last time. Don't have it this time Isn't for some that so reason. Interesting. Really interesting how different the pregnancies yeah. can be. So look, there are loads of other things we could have covered, and um, you you have to just trust yourself mm-hmm. and trust that you can do this because you can. The fact that you're pregnant means your body can do this, yes. and when it comes to birthing your baby. It knows how to do it. It's already done the hard part. Yes, it's already, absolutely. You know, built to the kidneys and done, you know, all the, all the fancy stuff. Pushing a baby out, just one muscle surging and releasing. Love it. And as you said, sometimes it's the unlearning of what we, we think we know is what we need to do and get out of our own way. Just take that step aside step and go, I'm, yeah. I know, I'd, I got this. And you do. Absolutely. And you do. And your baby will arrive. It sure will. However he or she or they are meant to, they will arrive. And um, it is the most amazing experience. And I suppose really, I think I probably speak for both of us is anyone who is passionate about speaking about pregnancy and birth would only ever want a woman to feel empowered Mm. so that you can really feel at ease with the experience, however it comes to pass, however. Whatever way it looks. Yeah, whatever way it looks. Kitty, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. Next week, my pregnancy mini-series continues as we discuss all things labour and childbirth. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.